What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your host, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. Or if things on here for the USA, can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. All right, and welcome to the next episode of the Gabacho Barracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. As always, it is Corey Adair at DJ Corf 07, and I'm here with Dan Angel at Dan Angel 11 and Thomas Miller at Don Thomas Miller. For those of you on Twitter, you can all give us a follow. If you're not already, I would assume you're probably already following us. But if you're not, go ahead and give us a follow. Um, but next episode, how are we doing today, guys? Doing great. Sitting here watching um, Union Omaha in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, 0-0 at this point. But doing fine. A little sweaty. My office is pretty hot. Not going to lie, we haven't installed air in here yet. So oh, geez. I got a little swamp ass going. The humidity is back. I saw a wasp. <laughs> the first day it was hot. I saw like a bunch of wasps. Uh, so I was cleaning out my car. To uh, what was it yesterday? And this one wouldn't fucking stop harassing me. I was getting so bad. <laughs> yeah, like bees, we all get bees. We need bees and everything, right? But like, what do wasp really bring to this world? They need to be eliminated pain. forever. Pain and misery. <laughs> they, they eat. They eat other annoying insects. They do. Yeah. Like ants are like worse than ants. Um, like uh, ticks. Uh, yeah. Like um, yeah. Sci- like um, scientists have um previously used wasps to eliminate um ticks that carried certain diseases. What about hornets? Um, <laughs> that's what those black ones are called, right, Corey? That are around here, they're hornets, right? They're hornets, but there's two different kinds. You got the regular ones that'll fly and fight you. And yeah. then you got the ones that stay on the ground that like avoid you. Right, right. I don't know what those, I, I think the ones on the ground can sting you, but they always run. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm cool with those ones. Yeah. Um, hornets basically are used in farming to get rid of uh, aphids. Right. Okay. I take it back. We eat them all. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, uh, you know, I'm going to get that Sam's Club four pack of uh hornet and wasp spray to spray and the shit on <laughs> yeah we we need we need them we just need them to be like a few thousand feet away from us <laughs> yeah <laughs> well <laughs> getting out of the zoology I, I, i'm sure there's a specific word for insects but animals in general i guess zool- i guess we're all i think it's entomologist or something there we go ones. yeah yep yep it is entomologist so we're gonna take our entomology caps off um <laughs> I know that I had, a, I know vibes have been pretty good for, you know, you lately, Dan, what, what's been going on? How's, how, yeah. 
How's, how are your teams doing? Um, well, I mean, this past week we had Seattle win the Champions League for CONCACAF, first American team to do that. Union Berlin came up with its best performance of the season in thrashing Freiburg on the road for a 4-1 win. And then Bristol Rovers somehow managed to secure the final automatic promotion place in League One with a 7-0 win on the final day to make up the goal difference on Northampton Town, which promotion has never come easy for us. This is the third time that we've been promoted since I started following the team. We had one where we came through the playoffs and won by penalty kicks in the final at Wembley. We had one where we scored to win the match on the final day and win promotion that way. But having to win and overcome a five goal deficit and goal difference, like that's just unheard of, especially when the other team didn't lose like Northampton won its match by two goals. We should have been toast. And suddenly we just, He's frozen. Froze. He's frozen in probably the funniest pose <laughs> ever, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would not want to be frozen that pose. No, I, I'll, until he gets unfrozen, I will say something here, though. I did talk to Dan when Seattle was up one nothing and was on the phone with him when they scored that second goal. I've never seen Dan show that much emotion in my life. No, that Seattle game was like, I mean, it was absolutely berserk, to be honest. Like one of the one of the better, you know, probably probably could even say like best non-men's national team uh, atmosphere maybe I've ever seen, you know. Little, like a lot of MLS stadiums do a really great atmosphere and you're watching the match and you're like, wow, this is cool, you know, but such a huge stadium. There was a a butt in every seat, <laughs> which I think we talked about last week, right? And uh, hashtag thank you, Marshawn. <laughs> thank you, Marshawn. And like, no, I mean, there's something to be said there, though, specifically, and that's Seattle has its own soccer stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they, they didn't, they didn't even play there. They played an actual NFL stadium, and they played at Seattle's Seahawks stadium, didn't they? They play there every every game. <laughs> They don't play in their own stadium. They don't have their own stadium. They do not have a stadium. Oh, I thought we talked about them having a stadium. No, no. What Dan was saying is that the Seahawks were going to be moved away from Seattle, but the Sounder has basically saved them from movement. Okay, okay. I got you now. My yep. bad. My bad. I was wrong. It's all good. Um, but still, I mean, it's an NFL stadium, NFL size stadium. They do, do they usually put a button every seat for every match? No, I mean, I think usually they cancel the upper bowl or whatever, yeah. upper deck, if you will. But that's fucking huge. I mean, we only, we've only seen that one other time, and that was the opening home match for Charlotte. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And Charlotte's been doing it similar to Seattle since then to, like, where they've been selling out the bottom bowl, which is still, like, whatever mm-hmm. it is, 40,000, something, 35,000, something like that, you know. And, uh, and we got Dan back, so – Dan. Okay, so where was I? You were talking about Bristol Rovers. You can just kind of start over from that. Okay, so yeah, Bristol Rovers, third time that we've ever won promotion. So we managed to beat Northampton out for the final promotion spot on the last day of the season in League Two. 
And the previous two times were pretty incredible. We had one where we came through the playoffs, got promotion on a penalty shootout at Wembley. And then we had another where we scored in stoppage time to win our match and get promoted that way. But this one was just ridiculous because we needed to overcome a five goal difference in goal differential as well as win the match. And somehow we pulled it off. Um, We managed to win seven nil, which I had even thought that there was no way that we're going to do this when Northampton scored three quick goals. I figured, okay, we're going through the playoffs and then Barrow scores one to give us a chance. And we just started scoring like nobody's business. So that's one of the most incredible matches I've ever seen in any of um, any of my teams coming up with the result there. Yep. And then there were scenes. Uh, I think a lot of people have seen, you know, the f- fans storming the field, but you brought up something about that. Do you want to go? Yeah. That? So that was terrifying because <laughs> we score the seventh goal and I'm yelling. I'm I'm with um, my brother at his um, apartment in um, Silver Spring, Maryland. So I'm with him. I yell out at um, the seventh goal scorers. He, t- he tells me that um, his neighbors have given, given him a noise complaint in the past, so um, he can't have any more outbursts like that. But over in um, Bristol, our fans run onto the pitch, and there's still four minutes plus stoppage time to go. So the owner... Um, the coaching staff are all trying to clear the fans off the pitch. The referee tells them, if you guys run onto the pitch again, the match will be abandoned. So basically at that point, the biggest thing was, okay, just see this out. Do not screw this up because that would have just been devastating to go from scoring seven goals, getting the result we need, and then having the fans ruin it by running onto the field and causing it to not mean anything. Yeah, that would have been a, that would have been absolutely tragic, to be honest. Like, yeah, <laughs> if that yeah. result would have happened, do you want to? Okay, do you know? I don't want to. I mean, to put you on the spot if you don't know, but they the the like uh, tiebreaker is goals four because I'm seeing they with the seven goals they got to the same goal differential. Yeah, so goal differential is the first stone tiebreaker, and then goal scored is the second tiebreaker. Right, and they beat Northampton by eleven on that. Yep. So. That's that. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, Northampton and as well played at least like the last few games. Yeah. And, and even more amazing, like December, we were more worried about relegation than we were about on the possibility of promotion. Like the past few months, this team has just been hitting on all cylinders and we just kind of came out of nowhere to get to third. So it's nice to get promoted. It's nice to get back up to league one. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we can make it to the championship for the first time. Right. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be absolutely cool. I mean, yeah, you can do the absolute, the, uh, the opposite of Sunderland and <laughs> make it all the way to the premier league. Here in I know. I mean, I mean, we'll be seeing the black cats next season, so that'll be nice. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know we're a long distance away from being able to compete in the Premier League. Like, I know we make fun of Norwich a lot on this podcast, but 
definitely one of my dreams is to see Bristol Rovers, even if we play as poorly as Norwich, just to get there once and actually see my team play on NBC, on Peacock, on those networks here would just be a dream season. Right. Yeah. And I mean, similar to that, it's like just seeing them against, you know, Man City or Liverpool or something. Yeah. I mean, and we and we can do that in um in a cup tie. Like we like I've been able to watch us play Chelsea in the FA Cup, which I mean there's nothing wrong with that. That's a really cool moment, but like that would be amazing to see City, Liverpool, Arsenal have to come to the memorial. Right. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that's a great moment for you and yeah. for Bristol and you know, like I gotta admit, I, I love kind of lower legal, low, low, wow, lower level uh, league play in England. Yeah. It's, it's, I really it's, want us to get up to the championship because I want us to actually get to play out the Bristol Derby in, um, cha- in championship football again. Right. Because, like, for as long as some I've followed them, we've never been in the same league as Bristol City. And, yeah. We used to play a friendly match against them each year before a bunch of idiots on both sides ruined it. So mm-hmm. that'd be nice to get into the same league as them. Right. It's kind of my, I have a similar feeling towards, uh, I would, I mean, I don't want to see West Ham go down. So I'd love to see Millwall someday get promoted. Yeah. They were kind of in the mix at a couple different points this season, but they mm-hmm. will stay in the championship once again. Right. So they'll have to wait for another year at least. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see the Robins get relegated. I want to saw them up in the championship. Right, absolutely. And like, since we're on the kind of the topic of uh, relegation and promotion, um, like, guys, we're you know in the in the big five, we're winding down the seasons. The 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 tournaments are almost over. Um, a lot of teams are already relegated. We still have some relegation battles. We still have championships. Uh, I mean, uh, cup winners or whatever you would call it, uh, league winners to be decided. Um, I'd be interested to get uh, both your opinions on, since we're in England, uh, Norwich and Watford are already relegated. They are already determined to be going down the championship. Leeds United, once again, your tragedy today, three to zero loss at home to Chelsea. Get my play of the day. <laughs> Congratulations on that. <laughs> they, they now have a game. I ta- hold on, hold on. I tailed, I tailed it. I put it on one of my parlays. I had a five leg parlay that was pl- damn near plus nine hundred. That hit. Nice. <laughs> you did a one eighty because last night you were pretty on that Leeds double chance, right? I was on Leeds double chance and then I talked to my buddy Logan last night and that's where I was. I texted Thomas earlier that I didn't know that the new ownership of Chelsea was American and that he was in the stands for their match last weekend when Pulisic started at the 10 spot. So I thought that was interesting. And then I made the decision based off of learning that, that if he started again today, I'd probably avoid the double chance and I would just play him as an anytime goal scorer. Which, Which also, dad. can we talk about Pulisic's dad? I guess. Oh yeah, you want to talk about deleted tweets? I, I'll, I'll happily talk about deleted tweets. Since the deleted tweet, Pulisic, two games, 
Two four goals responsible for. Yeah. So there we go. And two starts. <laughs> so let your dad yell at the coach. Uh, Little League style, you know? Why aren't you playing with them? <laughs> uh, so, okay. Okay. Leeds United in the Premier League, they have a game in hand, which in this case is a bad – they do not have a game in hand. They are a game extra – compared to Everton and Brunley. Um, Brunley and Leeds are tied at 34. Leeds has a terrible, terrible, terrible goal differential. Um, then there's Everton, uh, one of the, the English Premier League stalwarts that we have kind of mentioned at for a long time. They have gotten seven points in their last three games, and they're kind of – they're not safe by any means. They literally could lose their last three games, still get relegated. So who do you guys see – being relegated in the Premier League between those three. I mean, I'm hoping it's not Leeds. I'm hoping that they can jump Burnley. You know, like I'm, I'm really hoping that they can jump them. But with the way they've played the last two matches, I know that their schedule gets a little bit easier and there might be a pathway, but their form is so bad. Then again, they have had a red card last two matches. So, you know, maybe if they play with a full 11 men for 90 minutes, they have, well, they'll have a chance this weekend. Yeah. You know, they are... Oh, who, who do they got this weekend? They, Brighton. Some, Brighton, yeah. At home. I, mm-hmm. I don't hate their chance to come away with a result there, whether it's three or one points. But I, it's just is it going to be too little too late? I mean, they are way destroyed on goal differentials, so they have to win on points. Right. I think uh, I think the big, uh, the big uh, plus for Leeds United is that they're not playing against Manchester City, Arsenal, or Chelsea. The next two games, which have been their last three games that they all lost. And uh, they do have Brighton at home and then they go to Brentford and uh, Brentford, I believe, is kind of just in a purgatory type point spot. Yeah, Brentford really will have nothing to play for. So two winnable games. Mm, I don't know if they quite have nothing to play for. Like, yeah, they're not going to be um, in the champ- in the um, European spots or anything. But I think for a club like Brentford, Finishing in the top half of the league would be a pretty good achievement um, for their first year up. So I think that might matter to them. And something else on top of that, a little a little caveat there is that team has been in a completely different form since Christian uh, Christian Erickson came or God er, Christian Erickson Jesus Christ Christian Erickson came back. That team's been playing completely different. Like they they are a completely different side. They have taken it toe to toe with top six teams beaten teams that they're supposed to be maybe a hiccup here and there, but they've looked good overall. Yeah. And, and, and it's also at Brentford. I think um, they're going to want to give their fans a good performance to finish it off. Yeah. Because they, they were promoted this this season. Correct. Yeah. they Yeah. They were one of the new teams. Yeah. There's a little bit of incentive to, I, I believe if you're in the top half, I believe you, miss out on the first rounds that top flight top flight league is included in the EFL cup and the FA cup. I believe that's something like that. So you could be right on that, Dan. And then, but I mean, just as far as somehow some way leads staying up, I think with Everton's form, I, I don't think Everton is going to stumble three games in a row, which, which uh, leads would probably almost need. But as uh, Dan and I were kind of discussing earlier, Brunley doesn't have the easiest schedule. 
they go to Tottenham this weekend. Uh, then they get a rematch uh, with Ashton Villa, where they are once again on the road, and they just lost at home 3-1 to one to Ashton Villa. And then their last game is a home game against Newcastle United, which is kind of that same sort of situation of uh, Brentford, where Newcastle was kind of in the relegation zone for a long time. Um, and they're now kind of pretty much safe. Yeah. They are safe, actually. And so, I mean... They're safe, but they're like you go look at Newcastle's spot in the table, and you look at like the two or three teams above them and the two two or three teams below them, mm-hmm. and you're just like one of these things does not look like the other when you see their goal differential. <laughs> it's because of how bad they were at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, I know. Very bad. They got bought by a, like a Saudi owner, I think, and they're I think they're one of the richest teams in the entire world right now <laughs> because of that. So. So as far as um, where you are in the um, EFL Cup, so it's the teams who make it to Europe who get a buy into the third round and the teams who um, did not make it to Europe um, play in the second round. Okay. So, But still, I, I think being able to say that they finished in the top half in their first year in the Premier League, I think would be a nice feather in their cap. All right. Well, like, as we were saying... If, if Burnley was a stumble, not win a game, even if they drew, drew two and lost the other one, Leeds gets one win, yeah. that would put them through. It's possible. It's possible. But I don't, I don't love Leeds' chances at all. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's like a psychological thing, too. Just, it, I mean, it's, it's a tough break for them to, to get Man City and Chelsea and things like that at this point in the season but just it is but Leeds is also kind of its own worst enemy because they've been reduced to 10 men in in their past two matches Mm -hmm. like yeah the schedule makers did them no favor giving them City Arsenal Chelsea back to back to back but you got to make sure you keep your players on the pitch yeah absolutely it'll be you know an interesting thing like uh I have some picks this week that my when I'm when we get to the picks of the week, I I am definitely trying to um trying to tell a leads staying up kind of theme in those. Um just real quick in the Premier League, Liverpool is three points behind Man City. Uh you guys got any thoughts you want to discuss on who wins the title? I mean I <laughs> Logic's going to say City's going to pull it off. You know, like there's just, it's too little too late type of movement from Liverpool over the last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they could not afford to lose those two points against Tottenham. They needed, they needed to get all three there. If they had gotten all three there, then it's game on, you know, for the last, what, three match days. I believe there's three matches left. But dropping those two, now they're a full game behind. Unless City loses, which I don't necessarily think they'll lose, doesn't look like they're gonna lose after they today. Lose they could, they could. I'm not saying they could. <laughs> I already know this. <laughs> um, they're losing Sunday. I'm, I'm hoping they lose on Sunday, obviously. But come on, man. If I was, if someone had a gun to my head and I had to put money on who's gonna win the EPL this year, I'd, I'd put it on City. Yeah, Liverpool's yeah. at an ex, uh, in a exceptional disadvantage too that they play the FA Cup final this weekend so I mean 
so they got two two games in the last week of the season just because of that. But right, Liverpool wins. They won the FL Cup, right? So there we go. They won the FL Cup. Yeah. So there we got one leg of the the quadruple or whatever it's called in English. So I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Dan, you got anything on that? I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to see this going any way but um City's way. Because that extra three points makes a world of difference. I mean, Liverpool has to make up um, a match. So even if West Ham does come out and beat City, Liverpool still has to make up that goal differential as well. It can happen, but I don't think it will. Like, I think what's going to happen is Liverpool is going to come off a point short. I think West Ham is going to um, throw everything at City and leave with a hard-fought draw. And then City's just going to blast Aston Villa off the field in front of their home fans, win the title on 93 points. Right. I just can't wait for West Ham's midfield to, to dominate Kevin DeBrainer. I mean, we're just waiting I mean, in the wings for him. <laughs> I, I think West, West Ham is going to give a credible effort. I think it's going to be a very well-played match, but I think it's going to finish level. And I think, I think City – is perfectly fine with it finishing level because like city <laughs> a, they know that a point against West Ham is probably good enough. And B there's a chance that West, like if West Ham gets a point in this match, I mean, United would have to win its final match in order to stay in order to stay ahead of um, West Ham for that uh, Europa league spot. So, I mean, beating Crystal Palace isn't a sure thing for United. So I think City might just um, decide, you know what, we could potentially screw over United here um, if we draw this match and a draw still helps our interests as long as we do the job against Villa. So let's just get the point, move on to winning this title in front of our home fans and hopefully West Ham can steal the spot from United in the process and we can um, make the last day a fantastic day for everyone in light blue. Right. I accept that. As long as West Ham moves ahead. Of, and... Yeah. I, I, think, <laughs> I think City will be quite content to play out a draw with West Ham. Right. Right. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I think West Ham can give them – a pretty good game. Yeah. Like I was uh, yeah, go ahead. Some something I don't know. I don't know why. Like something is telling me it's gonna finish two two. Right. Like, like I'm very I'm pretty confident on that a draw is the right play there. I can almost what, what the hell do I know? I dude, I'm almost on the same page. Like I, I could almost see West Ham going down two to zero. And it just being like, you know, straight depression city, but then getting two back in like some sort of quick manner. And then the rest of the game is them like almost scoring a third goal, but not yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can absolutely see that. But yeah, yeah I, like everything is telling me that 
City and West Ham are going to share the points in that match, and that will be enough for City to be able to hold off Liverpool because I do not see any way that Aston Villa, with very little to play for, is coming into the Etihad and ruining City's title hopes. Yeah. Like, I I think that one is just going to finish, like, 4-0 to City, maybe 4-1 because Villa tends to find a consolation goal in there somewhere. But, yeah, I think... City's going to get four points from these some last two matches. Liverpool will probably win both and end up one point short. Right. Yeah, and then just like like a, around like other parts of Europe, like there's really there's really only one league that still hasn't crowned champion. And that's Serie A. We like we don't have to get into that because like honestly, I don't think any of us really know enough to even talk about AC Milan versus. <laughs> whoever else they're playing you know ac milan's currently in the re- the lead uh ajax wrapped up uh the the league today psg has a league um munich ac milan's got a tough match this week south Sulan? is that this week or something um let's see if uh no um sassuolo is on the final day it's um at atlanta yeah at home yeah but that's not going to be easy because Atalanta is in a three-way log jam for um, that sixth-place spot, mm-hmm. and they still have a reasonable chance to make it into fifth and secure a Europa League spot. Yeah. So, What's up, everybody? This is Thomas Miller, and I just wanted to let you know that the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast is sponsored by Moneyline Dice. Moneyline aims to revolutionize the sports betting market through the creation of both functional and novelty products that sports bettors of all levels will enjoy. Spotted by its golden peaks, the Moneyline logo symbolizes winning and winning big. Feature products include Moneyline sports betting dice, Moneyline sports betting pocket notebook, snapback hat, and more. Use promo code CODA10. K O T A one zero to receive a ten percent discount on your next order. That's promo code Coda ten K O T A for ten percent off your next order at MoneylineDice.com. Now let's get back to the show. I don't know insider information on at Atlanta. They their top striker still isn't playing, and unless he plays, it's probably going to be AC Milan's match. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Right. Okay. But, but I mean, I mean okay. If, Roma... if AC Milan does slip, like Inter's final two matches are Cagliari and Sampdoria. So those are two very winnable um, fixtures for them. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> Cagliari is such fucking trash. <laughs> well, that's why they're in 18th. Oh. They, the, the, I mean, the relegation is still kind of wide open. But yeah, then, relegation's very only, wide open. Only one team is relegated. They're not even actually even. I mean, even yeah, Venezia could could save itself. Yeah, yeah. If that's, they win their final be... two matches, um, like they'd need a lot of help, but it's possible. Yeah, Cagliari has a guy that I really, really like. Um, what is his name? I'm not remembering his name right now. I can't remember. Forget it. Like. I'm I'm also interested in the relegation battle at the back of the Bundesliga right now because mm-hmm. 
Stuttgart and Erta are still battling that out. And like, if I'm Erta, like, do you just park the bus against Dortmund who has nothing to play for and just hope for the best? Because a point is enough to save um, Erta from the relegation playoff. Yeah. Like, yeah, I tried that last week and it didn't work. Yeah, like Stut- Stuttgart has to win and Erta has to not get a point for Stuttgart to save itself because Stuttgart has the superior goal difference. So, like, at that point, it's like, just do you even attack at all if you're Erta? Just play all 11 guys in the back third? Go Atletico Madrid style, 5-5-0? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, even like an 8 Eight two zero. <laughs> yeah, Erta losing to Mainz has made this all possible, right? Because yeah, yep. now they have yeah, they gotta go to Dortmund. Stuttgart is hosting Cologne. Ooh, Cologne, yeah. So I mean, and Cologne needs that Jumbo. match though. Yeah, you're talking about all these Bundesliga matches that as I was looking at them, I did not touch them. <laughs> like, like I looked at that one and I was like, oh, maybe, you know, Stuttgart in this relegation battle, double chance. And then I went and looked at where Cologne was sitting at and I was like, uh, I'm not touching that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to happen for Cologne to move up because of what they've got in front of them. But Freiburg could blow it. I mean, absolutely. Beating, beating like getting a result at Leverkusen is not a sure thing at all. Yeah. And I would I would definitely not play a double chance in a Stuttgart game this week. I don't they will not they will not tie. They'll like they'll go yeah. I mean, if they're in a tied situation, they will go like an offensive attacking team that you've never seen. Yeah, a, like like, like if they've if they've got the draw and they get they get a corner, they're bringing the they're bringing the keeper out for sure. Like the 70th minute probably. <laughs> a, a draw does absolutely no good yeah so i mean they're gonna go for the win that is well, gonna... well actually a draw does a small bit of good in that it means that bielfeld there's no way that they could catch them right and but the, that, that possibility is very remote and the other thing is it is a playoff spot still too right? yeah like like stuttgart the most important thing is that Either A, they don't lose, or B, they don't lose their goal differential long lead on Bielfeld, which they shouldn't because Leipzig has to get a result to maintain its Champions League spot. So, I mean, you should be able to count on Leipzig to do that, but if I'm Stuttgart, I still want to make sure that I don't lose first and foremost. Right. Bundesliga, two of these... Oh, they got one match left too. Bundesliga two. Schalke right now. Schalke is auto qualify. I think Schalke has wrapped up in auto qualifying. Yep. Schalke will be in the Bundesliga next year. Werder Bremen with a point or um, bad results for Hamburg and Darmstadt. <laughs> They'll be in back yeah. after only one year down, which is yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Werder should get promoted, and then it'll – I mean, with the form they're in, 
odds are it'll be Hamburger, um, who ends up in that relegation playout spot. Right. Yep. They're currently tied with uh, Darn Stat. Yeah. No idea what the final game is. I guess it could look really, See, really good. Darmstadt is against Paderborn, and um, Hamburger is against Hansa. So Hamburger's got the easier matchup of the two. Right. Right. So, um, moving on to our third topic, uh, our homie Corey wanted to bring up how much he loves the rich getting richer. And a major signing that was announced this week. Yeah, so I don't really like the rich getting richer, but no. um, I, mean, I was hoping he'd go to Barcelona, but apparently he was too expensive. So once again, Pep asked Daddy for the credit card, <laughs> and Daddy gave him the credit card, and Erling Holland is on his way to Man City in the summer. So with that being said, I know the arguments have been for the most part you know, Mbappe and Holland as like the top strikers, young strikers, like youthful strikers. I know that that Mbappe is more of like a center forward and not necessarily a pure striker and Holland's more of a pure striker. But these are the, the two guys that have been talked about in the, the rumor mill for the tra- transfer rumor mills. You know, a lot of money being talked about being spent on these two guys. Do you what do you guys think? Do you guys think that this is the final piece for Pep to get a Champions League at City, or do you think it's going to be much of the same? No, I just want to give my condolences to Erling Holland for never winning a Champions League because he'll never win it there. So I mean, I mean, ne- never say never. He could always um, transfer out in a, in five or six years. Yeah. Yeah, they're already they're already talking about uh, selling Jack Grealish. I mean, they they signed him for one hundred million pounds this season, and they're talking about selling him. So I mean, same thing could happen to Holland, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think there's a little bit of a talking point here too about style of play. Does he fit a Pep Guardiola system? Yes. You th- you think he does? Short answer: Yes, yes, because he can play with his back. The goal, if you if you need him, and then he can also be sprinting forward constantly too. He's he's amazing. Yeah, I I think he's that good to where he fits any system. That it's just he's that good of a player. Mm-hmm. I that's just the talking point that a lot of people on social media have been bringing up is that he's more of a pure striker, not a false nine. And Pep loves his false nines. Is this even going to work? Is he going to be out within two years? Is he throwing away his career? Blah blah blah. This blah blah blah. That I don't know. I think having a superstar nine that can get his own goal like that could be the difference between City winning the Champions League with that. It, it, it really could be. I'm not going to bet on it. I've bet on it once, and I'm never betting on it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing I want to bring up, like, who, who is arguing that Mbappe is on the same level of? Of Holland, man. As I'm the just, best young striker. I'm just saying those are the two names. Oh, okay. Those I would are the- say, I would like to have a moment with someone who says that Mbappe is like anywhere even close to Erling Holland. I mean, I already said Holland, like Holland, I for me it's Holland. Yeah. For me, it's Holland. I'm just saying that when people talk about the top tier of youthful 
center forwards in the world, it's those two names that get said. Right. I get that, I guess. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, I think, yeah, I no, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think, I don't know. I mean, Manchester City is going to, for like, how long is his contract through? Was it like 2027, 2028, something like that, right? Yeah, and I think they're still working on some of those details too. Is this like, they're just going to be the same team every single year. I mean, they're going to be really, really good in the Premier League wheel their way to an obvious champions league spot every couple of years or you know every year whatever every couple of years they're gonna win it but i i don't know i just i really do think i think pep guardiola is probably gonna leave at some point because become the manager of united states men's national team in time for 2026 so <laughs> i just don't say like that <laughs> are we wish casting again yes i can say desperately that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Man City seems cursed. I don't think, I don't know. I just don't think like an out and out striker. Pep has already has always played kind of without an out and out striker. So it'll be interesting to see him with one. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what I'm saying. That this is a completely different player profile than what he's used to having at the nine spot. You know, yeah. you look at the city teams, even when he had a prolific goal scorer at the nine at city. It was Aguero who does not play like Holland. No, so, not a, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like a, the NBA super teams here, basically, with them. But that doesn't, you know, guarantee you any sort of championships. It's like no, a major no, difference. No, totally different beast. Another thing, too, right now the leading goal scorer in the Premier League is Mo Salah. I think he's at like 31, maybe 32, maybe 30, somewhere between 30 and 32. Like he's right. He's just above the 30 mark. I don't know if it's 30 exactly or a couple above it, but right around 30 goals. Over under 30 goals, over under 25 goals in Holland's first season with City. Exclusive Premier League goals? or Exclusively Premier League goals. Under. Under. Under? Absolutely. It takes time to adjust. It doesn't matter how good you are. You gotta and, the, and there's just there's just too many weapons there. Mm-hmm. Like there's only one ball. Yeah, see the system, the system argument I like. I think I think he's good enough to make the adjustments quicker than most people. I I, I, I really think that highly of him. Um I mean I, he probably steps on the field as the best striker in the EPL, as is. He's gonna step on the pitch as the best man lips in the EPL. <laughs> he has very womany lips. He's a very handsome man. I gotta admit. Oh, <laughs> oh, Pace is gonna listen to this, Thomas. Why'd you do that? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, like, uh, when the two biggest, the two biggest players that. Dortmund has ever sold for some reason it's been leaked before the end of the season I don't know if you guys remember the Champions League final that was going to be Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich uh in the the build-up to that game it came out that Lewandowski was going to be sold to Bayern Munich and I still to this day believe because uh I think Bayern won with the late goal by Aaron Robin and I still to this they believe that Dortmund as a team, not, not, not as a whole, but like as a, as a unit, they were the better team. And that news that that coming out 
really screwed them over. And then here we are again in another season. And I know it's a little bit different in modern day soccer where the, these things do come out sooner sometimes. But it's just interesting how every time Dortmund has this really high price tag player, for some reason, the news comes out before the actual transfer window. My question is, does this open up some playing time at the nine for our boy? Uh, I, they'll, they're going to sign two or three guys. Two or three strikers. Mid-level. He's, if he's 6'3 going into next season. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I continue to look at things uh, from our relegation and uh, qualification standpoint in, like, a league that I like, I don't think any of us really ever even give bets for it on the show or anything in France. It's just, it's just such a crappy league, you know. PSG wins it every single year. I mean, I know they didn't win it last year. Um, Lille won it last year, but it was like the first time in like 10 years or something. PSG won it already again this year. An interesting thing about their qualification is Nice and Lyon we're both deducted points for a game that they played earlier in the season. And Nice is currently in fourth, two points off of Monaco for the automatic champions league qualifier spot. So like for something that their fans did, I believe, I don't know if it was just pitch misbehaving or whatever it is. They're literally like a, like an extra point off of uh, automatic qualification for champions league. It's kind of crazy that, something like that can end up costing them or, or being the difference between Champions League and Europa League. Bro, there's another thing too that I saw that is like super similar to this, but different. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there was a player for Ecuador that is potentially Colombian. And there was some investigation done because the town that people are claiming he was born in is right across the Colombian border. And so they think he's, so people are saying that he's a Colombian national, not a, not an Ecuadorian national. And he didn't play for Ecuador for like nine months while they investigated it. And then he played in a match against Chile and Chile is like submitting it to FIFA saying that they played with an ineligible guy. And there apparently is a chance that Ecuador gets booted from the world cup. Yeah. Like that dude, like I, I don't agree with fans being a reason why you miss champions. Like first off, like addressing that point, I don't, I mean, what they do? Um, in August, a match between Nice and Marseille was abandoned after fans threw projectiles and invaded the field. Dimitri Payet uh, was hit by a projectile from the Nice fans, uh, who he plays for Marseille. He used to be a West Ham guy. You can look up his free kicks on YouTube. They're amazing. He's an amazing player. And so the game was, like, abandoned, and then they were just both um, deducted a point from the table for Marseille it isn't affecting them. I mean, Oh, they're in second. I mean, it really isn't affecting them. They, they kind of overcame it, but for Nice, Nice, am I saying that right? It's spelled nice. It is Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that could really negatively affect them, you know, which sucks, but you can't throw stuff at players either. I mean, Gio Reyna got smacked in the face with a full can, full tall boy can of beer over the summer. I don't know if it was full. 
it looked full. <laughs> so fragile that it could have just been like completely empty. Hit it. <laughs> I don't know. Is that really <laughs> <He> dead? <laughs> That's what I love. He looked. He looked. He literally looked dead after it. Dude, it looked like it hurt. I'm saying it was yeah, full. It hurt. It was like even half full from yeah. 45th row or something, or from like an upper deck. Imagine that. I mean, I mean, it didn't bounce around like it was empty. No, I mean it. Yeah, and it hit him square in the head. It was a really good throw for whatever. Mexican American. That, that didn't get any. There's no repercussions for that. Yeah. So, right. I I don't know. I don't know. I, is that really worth? I mean, it's not good, but is that worth taking a point away? They've they've had issues. Uh, I I think it was Sananin. Their fans uh, began to set off fireworks just like a weekend or two ago. They would not stop setting off fireworks and project or whatever you know like flares and fireworks and they had to stop the game it almost looked like they were going to abandon it but then they didn't and and like the you know whatever whatever you call them in europe like the ushers or police or whatever they were just non-existent you know it's like i think it's you know whoever's in charge of their league is just kind of like this has got to get under control you know we're going to do whatever we need to do even if it is hurting meat Nisa's chances at making Champions League, which I respect. Sounds a little weak to me, in my opinion. I mean, th- but it's know. not like it's not like storming the field when you upset a team. You know, it's like it's completely different. It'd be like I don't know what is even the example. There, there's no example. Palace at the Palace or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which did they ever like? ban fans from this from the arena i don't think they ever did i don't know i think they did i think they might have well i mean uh, specific fans but they didn't like limit ticket sales or anything like that you know what i mean i don't think they did see five five fans from the malice of the palace were banned from attending pistons home games for life right but like what i'm saying is these these things happen in soccer and they make you play behind closed doors or something. Right. Like I don't think anything like that happened for Detroit. I think there was like no, we're that... just gonna beep up security for the next game. Yeah, that did not take place. Yeah. All right. So I mean there's precedent because in soccer it's a little different. There's been so many times where people have died at stadiums and stuff. So yeah, there's there's nothing in the United States other than that one example that even comes close to comparing to the chaos that we see in soccer. Right. Yeah, and you can see a malice the palace that almost, you know, a soccer not every soccer game, but a soccer game from any continent. You know, Querétaro uh, took a lot of heat, but then you see you see these like uh, Europa League <laughs> matches where there's like brawls and bars and stuff. Oh yeah, you know, so it's like anywhere, any continent. All right, we're dragging this on, so like, we can go into the picks of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything anybody else wants to talk about? Yeah, I feel like I've been the only one talking for the last twenty minutes. That's why I said let's just go in the picks of the week. Oh no, I was asked. I was just if there's any questions or talking points. I don't. I. Yeah, we can go to the picks. It's all good. All right. All right.
All right. And as always, for our last segment, we are going to bring you the picks of the week for the next handful of days. Again, I'm coming to you with the Thursday pick. Not been having too much luck with these the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to tweet these out tomorrow morning and we'll see how tomorrow goes. So I'll go ahead and kick it off because I'm assuming like usual, nobody else does. Do you have any, do you guys have any plays for tomorrow? No. All right. So hammering something that we've played before and I'm going to take Sociedad at home against Cadiz under two and a half goals. Cadiz is in a relegation battle. Sociedad at home's defense has been amazing. And I'm taking the total under two and a half. And I'm parring, parlaying that with Real Madrid Levante under four and a half. And it comes out to plus 124. Very nice. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Do you have any... Do you have any Friday plays? No. Friday slate's fucking trash. I I don't know. I was just asking. Oh no, I don't have any. I couldn't I couldn't figure any out. <laughs> I didn't know what to play. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take a quick look to see if I've got a Friday play or not. Okay, the the lines aren't out for it yet, so. No, I'm staying away. I was I was gonna look at Tom um, taking Louisville City on to win at LA Galaxy two, but the lines aren't up for it yet, so can't really do that. Right on. But Louisville City has been the best the USL championship has had to offer. So I think that if I get a decent line on that one, I'm probably going to go in that direction. Right. All right. I'll uh I'll kick off the weekend picks. Um, before I do it, like, if, if you guys will allow me, I want to give a special thanks to Dan. Uh, a few weeks ago, I reached out to him and I asked him, like, what, what, was the, what was, like, the concept and the key to capping baseball? And he told me to look at the uh, first five inning bets. And uh, I've been playing a ton of those. I found some fantasy sites that really talk about pitchers um, which is usually like, you know, where you're going to get into a first five inning game uh, win. And, you know, I've been doing well. So thank you so much for that, Dan. Yeah, no problem. Glad it's helping. Thank you. All right. Soccer. Soccer is really hard to bet, by the way. You guys knew that. So true. <laughs> Super hard. But when you go on streaks, dude, I've hit 10 of my last 11 call. Like, like the only one I missed was. Liverpool minus one and a half yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I'll have a day where I'll go like two and oh, and then I'll have like a day where I'll go, where I'll go like oh and five. It's just like, it's yeah, it's oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So my first pick, uh, I'm going to the EPL. Um, <clears throat> Tottenham host Brunley. And I kind of, uh, I think I kind of, uh, um, uh, mentioned this when we were talking a little bit about uh, the way for Leeds to get out of uh, relegation. So I think both of these plays have uh, something to do with that. Um, Tottenham Hills Brunley, um, and uh, they still have a chance at uh, Champions League, so they have everything to play for. And they're, and they're a pretty solid team. They're a very good goal-scoring team. Um, and so I'm taking their money line. And then um, 
Leeds is hosting uh, Brighton, uh, and they absolutely have to win. I mean, if they want to have any shot at this, they they got to win at least something. And uh, finally, after three weeks, they're playing a team that isn't amazing uh, or much, much better than them. Um, but um, just in case, you know, just in case, like, uh, they can't get it all the way done, I will um, kind of puss out on it and just go with the double chance. Um, so the Tottenham money line plus the Leeds double chance um, is at plus 100, even money. Okay. Okay. All right. My first one, I've got to go with the obvious play here. Union and under three and a half goals. I think that this is going to be the same story that almost always happens in the fortress. We play well. We come out with a win. The other team doesn't score much. So, yeah, I think that this will be where we lock up our Europa League place. And that play comes in at plus 135 against Bochum. Awesome, because I'm piggybacking similarly. Not the same bet, but I obviously agree because my next play is on Saturday and I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet an MLS game. I'm betting an MLS game. Oh boy. Yep. Good thing I have ESPN plus. All right. So it's quite, it's quite nice. <laughs> I am going to take Austin FC double chance on the road against Real Salt Lake. I, it's a stab in the dark here. I, I just, I like the way Austin FC is playing and I don't necessarily think they could, they're going to win on the road, but I do think it's going to be a good game. Could easily get a draw. Could win. Could honestly, win. but at any rate, I'm going to part, I'm going to parlay that with Bauckham's team total under one and a half. So just in case they get lucky and get a goal, I can guarantee they don't get two. That's probably the best play out of that match, truthfully. Well, I mean, it's a lot of juice, and that's why I'm kind of risking it with the uh, with the yeah. double chance. But it's above even. It's plus one hundred six, so it's above even money. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, Austin FC kind of an interesting stretch for them they've been so great out of the the gate uh they have that game with real and then then they have a midweek game at lafc it could potentially be a one versus two matchup early in the season in the western conference and the germany pick uh i love it with austin is their schedule has been a little bit weak to start out the year but i mean at some at some point, you just have to accept that a team that's beating bad teams is a good team. So, I mean, if they can get a result here, that'll go a long way toward proving themselves. Yeah, they they lost this weekend. I watched the game one uh, zero. Really should have been two to zero. Chicharito had a a great miss, a classic Chicharito miss, where he was like, it had to be like an XG like eighty six percent. It was just like three yards. <laughs> <laughs> three yards uh, from the goal, right in front of the goal, and somehow he missed it to make it two to zero. But yeah, I mean, the point being that Austin FC finally did play a, a pretty solid team. LA Galaxy is solid. They're like, 
they're gonna they're either gonna win or they're gonna lose one to zero. That's one thing that I would say um, in far capping LA Galaxy that every single game is one to zero, one way or the other. Yeah, I was actually thinking about parlaying that that Bakum team total under with under two and a half in the FC Dallas and LA Galaxy match because it's in LA and all their matches have been one nothing, one one or two nothing. So I, I thought about doing that one too. That's a freebie bet out there for everybody if you if you the trends are there for that LA Galaxy FC Dallas to be under two and a half as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Germany for my next pick. Um, I'm going to get out my sausage links in my steins to drink a beer or two. Frankfurters. And um, <laughs> I'm going to pick a result that gives uh, Union Berlin life, not just for Europa League, but also for Champions League. Leverkusen okay. <laughs> still uh, with something to play for, I guess. Uh, they're going to host uh, Freiburg and... Um, have lost two in a row uh, to them. So I, I just feel like uh, Leverkusen is going to give them a game and, and take the win. And um, that's at plus 140. And this will give uh, Union <laughs> Berlin a chance. All they need to do to make it to Champions League is make up a 30-goal difference. <laughs> <laughs> Only 30. Over Leipzig. So yeah, who plays Bielefeld? Yeah, who plays Bielefeld? They need them to lose, and then the combination of these scores need to make up a thirty goal difference. So right now it's thirty five to five. Goal yeah, yes. Translation: not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. But I just wanted to. So you're saying there's a chance? There's a chance. No, <laughs> there's not a chance. <laughs> Leip- Leipzig is not losing this match. Some fifteen nil. Yeah, I mean it, it would take. More than that, it would be Union Berlin well, would have to win fifteen to zero too. I know, I know that, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just wanted to have a little fun, but yeah, I mean, big ups to Union Berlin for for making it the far and in Freiburg too. I mean, from what I understand, Freiburg is a very very small club too. Like, I mean, I don't say that offensively because I cheer for West Ham. Like, they're not a major club from a major. What are you talking about? They're massive. I mean, Freiburg's massive. Union Berlin's massive. And West Ham is massive. Yes. They're all massive. All right, Dan, what do you got next? All right. So my next play is I'm going to go with all my boy Will Pelagic's Charlotte FC at home and take them to win at plus 120 against Montreal. Charlotte's proving to be a force at home. This is a young team that still hasn't figured out how to win on the road, but when they play at Bank of America Stadium, they're deadly. So I like them to take down Montreal. I think that they're going to be very tough to beat at home for the rest of the season, and anytime I can get Charlotte at plus money for the rest of the way, unless I see something different, I think that that's the way to play it. Uh, absolutely, man. I, I actually watched that game. I had money on it, but, uh, so I watched it over. I chose it over, um, Liverpool and Tottenham in a prime time English, you know, English, whatever they call that time zone in England. I mean, a night game on a Saturday, on a Saturday, Corey kept telling me, dude, this, this atmosphere is crazy. This atmosphere is crazy. Dude, they need to seriously start doing fucking night games on the weekends. I don't know why they don't. It was amazing. They usually don't because uh, the fans get too out of control, like especially as a derby. Like, but uh, 
I watched uh, Charlotte and Inter Miami over it, and it was great. Like, the atmosphere is really good. Charlotte was a day game, two-something in the afternoon, Charlotte time. Like, they filled it up, the bottom bowl at least, and, you know, they end up winning 1-0. to So, I think you're right on with that play. I'm actually – I'm actually going to dip into Bundesliga for two more, another two leg parlay. Um, the Leipzig's defense has been one of the better defenses in Bundesliga throughout the course of the season. And in their last two matches, they've gotten shredded. And I don't think that that trend's going to continue. So I'm going to take the Bielefeld. Biel, in other Biel, words, no 30 goal difference making, making up. Dude, yeah. We're, we're all capping a 23 to zero win. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> I don't think they're going to, sc- I don't think that match scores four goals. I think it's under four. Yeah. I think, I think it, you can take under three and a half, and under three and a half itself is only minus 130. Like that, that's how little juice they have on like, that. The, the only way Bielfeld even scores 23 goals is if Leipzig's keeper gets in a um, car accident on the way to the stadium. <laughs> and even that may not do it. Yeah, like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, they um, run out of subs and run out of keepers and have to play 10 with um, nobody in goal. That Even that's not going to be enough. Yeah. Well, I, I, but I also think with the scenario, Leipzig's just going to fucking pack the bus, like park the bus. Like they, I mean, but also the other thing is, is Freiburg's right on their tail. You know, they're only two points behind them. So they, they need to get a result. They just need a result. They don't have to win. They just need a result. And I think that they're going to play defensively to get that result, especially on the road. So I think that they're going to go back to their typical defensive form. It's going to be a low-scoring match. And I if you take the under three and a half, it's minus 130. I'm going to parlay that with something safe in Bundesliga, which is Leverkusen and Freiburg, both teams to score. Because on that other side, Freiburg needs goals. So yeah. I you know, and Leverkusen's been scoring goals lately. So I'm going to parlay those two things together, and it comes out to plus 141. Yeah, I like uh, I like your thinking, especially they're all simultaneous kickoffs, uh, as they tend to do for the final match day. As they have to do. As they have to do. Uh, they're all a bunch of fucking cheaters. Thanks. <laughs> West Austria, West, West Germany. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> two. <laughs> Yeah, so like I think at, at least in the beginning of the game, you know, I mean, with with the technology we have now, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, Leipzig will know what Freiburg is doing, but like at least the be- the beginning of the game, I think Leipzig will kind of, you know, defend quite a lot. So I like I like that play, very good play. Am am I up now? Yes, you are. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go to the Liga, La Liga. Uh, seems uh like there's some kind of some kind of pride. Um in what position you come in just like based on how you know Barcelona's been playing and um Real Madrid I mean sorry Atletico Madrid has been playing in La Liga um so um that compared to the effort that Sevilla gave today and a bet that I lost uh um I'm going to take um those two play they they play uh, Sevilla plays uh, at Atletico this weekend so uh, right now you can get Atletico Madrid at home plus 120. Atletico has won two games in a row, um, which like might be the first time all season in La Liga to be honest. But um, I think they're going to win this one too, and uh, it's at plus 120. 
or Sevilla, or as the English say, Seville. <laughs> Seville. Wait, what'd you just take for, for that? Athletic money line. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, You're sorry? I'm sorry. Why? Well, it's Dan's turn, but I'll make that play next. I'll make up for it, though. Dan, what do you got next? Well, I'm sorry you're going to lose that bet, whatever bet you're going to make. Sevilla <laughs> looked like an ass. They were at home against Mallorca, and they couldn't score. So. What do you got, Dan? Dan dropped out again. Did he? He's having a terrible internet day. There must be storm. Oh. Well, then I guess this is a good time to talk about it. Very few times do scenarios play out perfectly where it makes sense for both teams to accept a draw. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is one of them. They're okay. right there next to each other in goal differential. They're right there next to each other in points, but they're also both clear of that fifth spot, fifth spot well enough to where a point for each team benefits them both. Mm-hmm. So... If you were somebody that believed that things might be rigged a little bit, which I may or may not at times believe, this would be the situation where you'd see a draw. So I'm going to play the draw because it's plus 195. Right. So, yeah. But if I was going to bet somebody to win, it would be Atletico. Like if I was betting money line like a winner, I would take Atletico. I just. This is one of those weird ones, man, where I look at it and the whole scenario screams draw. Hmm. You're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you're back to, you know, I'm picking Atletico Moneyline and Corey is out of his mind. He's picking a draw between Sevilla and Atletico. <laughs> okay, and then. You're up. <laughs> All right. Well... Um, I think I'm going to go with Everton and Brentford to draw because I think that's the kind of result that ends up helping both teams achieve what they want. I mean, Everton is now in a spot where they probably don't have to worry about getting sucked into the relegation muck with Leeds and Burnley battling that out. So I think Brentford, as I said earlier, will probably want to get themselves as close to finishing top half of the table as possible. If they can pull off top half, that'll be fantastic for them. So I think this is a match where they split the points. And that's at plus 250. So I figure that's worth a shot. Sounds good, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, I I jumped a spot because... Dan dropped out there for a second. How many more plays you got, Thomas? I have one more. Awesome. So this is how I make it up. Go ahead and I'll I'll skip because I know what play you're gonna make and 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 yeah, just go go for it. Go for it, big guy. I don't think you have any idea what play I'm gonna make. Well, I probably have. T- I think I have two plays, but I think um, if you're right, then Thomas is gonna cut that down to one. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you guys are on, but like, I mean, if it, is it like fading greater first or something? Because I'm not doing that. I don't know. I'm going MLS with my last play. Oh, can really? I say, can I just say for a second <laughs> how much I will not miss greater first from Bundesliga? 
Like, no, in all, in all honesty, they have no business being there. Schalke does. I know Schalke was super bad last year, but Schalke's got the got the payroll. They're better. They're just a better. They're a better franchise. Two years ago. Like Union could be in a Champions League spot if we had taken more than one damn point off Greater Firth. As what you mentioned, in two games, you you lost one and then... Yeah, we lost one and then we drew 1-1. One, one. And the only reason we drew that is because Greuter Firth made one of the worst plays so I'm out of the back that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, it was so bad that I even paused the match and rewound it and told Amy to watch it. <laughs> Dan, this is one of those moments where what you're saying is like embarrassing enough to where you just don't say it out loud. I mean... <laughs> Hey, the fact is, we're still in a Europa League spot, so I can't complain too much. But gosh, dang it, we should have been in the Champions League. Yeah, that's crazy how that how that works out. Sometimes, you know, like a a result in September or October ends up coming back to bite yep. you. You know. Yep. All right. So you guys want me to do my play then, or do you want to do your play? Uh, no, go ahead. Go for your go for your play. Okay. Uh, I'm going to MLS, like I said. Um, I've been doing really well with these kind of early kickoffs on Saturdays. Um, so I'm going with uh, Toronto FC uh, hosting Orlando City. Um, and then uh, the game right after that is uh, Colorado Rapids hosting LAFC. Uh, and I'm going to take the over in both of those. Um, it's at plus 219. Um, um, Toronto... They love goals. They love scoring them. They love giving them up. Um, and the last game that they played, uh, these two teams uh, ended up with a total of five. So I think that over is is pretty pretty um, possible. Uh, Dan kind of mentioned how a couple weeks ago, I believe that um, LAFC likes to give up a goal before they score goals and then win. That they do. And if if uh, if Colorado wants to have any chance at you know, winning this game or, or getting a result, they're going to have to score. So I think that's another very safe over two and a half. And like I said, they're them two play together at plus 219. There it is. Yeah. All right, Dan, don't play the one that we're thinking of. <laughs> okay. I'll wait. Can yeah. I say that I have no, I have no idea where you guys are going with this. Okay. So I will leave that other game for a minute. And instead, go to my own team and take Seattle minus 125 money line against Minnesota. I think that the Sounders are finally over the Champions League hangover and are finally going to start playing like the team that just won the Champions League when they play against MLS sides. Like, I'll be honest, we've sucked against the MLS this year. It hasn't been pretty, but we're at home. We've finally gotten over that hurdle. We've gotten over the hangover that Dom Thomas correctly played Dom last week in picking Dallas to beat us, which I said then that he was absolutely right, and I wasn't surprised by that at all. But I think we handle Minnesota United in this one. I don't know. Deal. All right. My last play, I am – Taking West Ham at home double chance <laughs> at plus one ninety five. 
That's I mean, you get two out of three chances. West Ham's a solid defensive club at home. And they're, they weren't necessarily in this fight two weeks ago, but they are right back into having legitimate hope at finishing top six. So I think they're going to fight like hell to jump Manchester United. And I think that they're going to get a point out of that. What is our double chance at? Because the money line was at plus 650 yesterday. 195, dude. Very good. Yeah, you get a double chance for the home team at plus 195, and the team's a good team. Like, this isn't like I'm betting double chance at home for fucking Norwich against West Ham. This is a top seven, top six, top seven club at home. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's crazy. There's so much value there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was filling out my picks, I obviously looked at that one, but I guess I decided to not do it because of so many homer bets and what happened in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but look what happened the last weekend. Yeah, there was it no- exactly It went exactly the, like the vibes that we were talking about is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is a big deal um, just as a West Ham insider. Uh, I think it is a huge deal for us to make it back to Europa League. And Man United is for the picking, man. They're just like, they're disaster. Absolute disaster. And yeah, I think they can be jumped for sixth place. I think that is a very, very, very big deal. I think Man United, even if they stayed in sixth, it's a very disappointing season for them. I think West Ham, to build on what they did last year, this year, like to get back to Europa League, I really think that will be, you know, something they're really going for. And, you know, so they can't just, they, they can't lose to Man City. So. I think it's a good pick. Money line is at what? At this moment. MGM uh, has plus 625. 625. So you could bet $5,000 on that and win $30,000. So just think about it. Corey. You can also bet $5,000 to win damn near $10,000 on a double chance. I'm not hanging out. Yeah. I'm not starting our drinking at midnight on Saturday. If- uh, dude, I'm telling you, we got this plan. We just got to wake up at 530 in the morning, which is normal for the both of us. Yes. And we just start then and we're good to go. That's two and a half hours. Be good and wasted by the time kickoff starts. And we'll be drunk enough by the end of it to where we could take a nap still, do this Iowa City style <laughs> and, and, and make it make it up by four in the afternoon and, and be good to go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's what's your next play, Dan? Um, I was going to do the same same thing. Um, I was leaning a little bit more aggressive and was going to play the draw at plus four hundred. But I mean, the, the value on the double chance is just too great to pass that up. So I think I think you've got the right idea there. Well, Dan, we're one and zero when we think the same today. True. But again, over the weekend. I think I also might take a flyer on a correct score play here of I'm leaning either one to one or two to two. So I might I might throw a flyer on a draw and both the score at plus five hundred. There you go. Mm. That's what okay. You guys got your stuff in right. What's a double chance plus both teams score? 
Um, I'll need to go to Unibet to pull that one off because MGM won't let you do that. Here, I got you. MGM's a bunch of cowards. <laughs> uh, both teams to score. Yes. Double chance. West Ham to draw. Oh, it's up to plus 200 now. Uh, plus 308. That one's good too. Yeah. See. That ain't an well, Drawing both the score on MGM is plus 525. Oh, yeah. Draw. Draw. Yeah. Double chance. Yeah. So plus 300 or plus 500 if you wanted to bet. Draw or double chance. Yeah. Draw. So double. Yeah. Double chance. Unibet is plus 325. And double chance on its own is plus 210 on Unibet. Wow. That's pretty good. That's huge value. Yeah. FanDuel has the double chance at 200. Yeah. I'm glad you guys have that much confidence last time. <laughs> I've trained you well. <laughs> we're on like the, you said we're on like episode 36 or something? 35, I believe. So it's like almost like we played an entire European league of. Oh, that's <laughs> a great idea for next week's episode. Because <laughs> we're on... Final match, <laughs> Final match day, season one. Yeah, we're, we're drawn out. We're just, Tomas, is, Tomas is just like, he's in, the, he's in like 14 spot on the table, just like making it. Dan's got a chance at Premier League. We had more time. It'd be nice to actually mm-hmm. track all this shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. I can't believe it's only. I think what we. I think what we should do though is that website that you put in the group chat. If us three did that and we only used it for our podcast plays, that would probably make it really easy to do this. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I've been using it for all my plays. So oh. Sorry. Yeah. Uh we're still in air. So no, I, I, I'm out of plays. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else? I don't think so. So we got final match day in Germany. Is there any other leagues where it's final match day this weekend? No, I don't think so. I believe. Uh, I believe. I believe. I believe. We'll say Union Omaha. I don't know if I said this on air. No, I didn't. They won two nothing. Yeah, they want to. They're winning to nothing. It's not a final. Well, it was over already. Ninety plus five. Oh, but so we're moving on to the round of sixteen. You in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And there's another draw coming up here Friday, so it'll be interesting to see who Union Omaha draws. Hope you know what? Though? I just cannot stop thinking about one thing. I finally hit a Pulisic anytime goal score bet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've only bet it twice, but I didn't get it the first time. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, um, oh, and that was the other thing. That was the other thing. Pulisic has more goals scored in the EPL outside the penalty box than Chicharito. Was this his first? I don't know if it was his first, but he's got one, so he's got more. Yeah. <laughs> the penalty area. 50 goals, none of them outside of there. Dude, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. That's, that, that's the whole reason I brought it up is we've talked about it a couple of times on the show is mm-hmm. Rito could only score opportunistic inside the box goals. 
Yeah. Pooley hit a weak footed outside the box shot today. So yeah. I, I want to say real quick that I've done a complete 180 on Chicharito. Like for a ton of years, I was, I was a huge hater of him, but like, I really respect, I really respect everything about his career. If, if I'm just going to be completely honest, like, and I think he should be on Mexico's roster for their world cup. Like, Oh no, it's a complete blast. Exclude him. Him and it's, a, it's a complete blasphemy that he's not on the world cup roster. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't care who he pissed off. I don't care who he offended. I don't care who he hasn't apologized to. None of that matters. They do not have a number nine that they can rely on to take advantage of opportunistic situations. Jimenez has not been doing it. Morty has one good game out of 10. You know, they, they don't have a nine. He is their nine. He is Mr. Mexico. He isn't cooked completely. I mean, he's, yeah, he's older, but he's not old to the point where he can't perform. And he plays his best when he plays for Mexico. So, we're going to no. be having a similar conversation in a few months when Berhalter picks up a guy off the subway to um, replace um, the defender just so he doesn't have to take John Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Or he's been doing cone drills and body to body, like box house. Like, Sign me up, coach. He thinks he wants, I think he, he thinks he's going to be a center back. Like, I think, I think that's what that's going to happen. Seriously, Berhalter will do absolutely <laughs> everything possible just to avoid taking John Brooks. Hey, I'm bi- I'm bigger than 60% of those people out on that field. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you though. I, I, the one thing I don't like talking really well about Mexican national players in general, but I truly love the way that he plays like he's a kid who loves the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would ever say, well, he was just out there running around, you know, like you could say that about Ronaldo or Messi, even to be honest, I'm not, I'm not saying he's on their level by nowhere close, nowhere close, but you never, you've never watched a game with Chicharito and been like, ah, he was just out there, you know, like he gives. Lewandowski is a perfect example. Actually, Lewandowski is a perfect example of what you're talking about where he has no impact and he's just out there. And he's not creating spaces. He's not creating chances for other people. He's just this big piece that's there that's not performing because the defense is queuing on him and doesn't do anything. And you're like, well, that's a wasted spot now. You never got that with Chicharito. He played with a passion, a love for the game, and was just always all energy. So even when he wasn't, when he was not, when the defense keyed on him and made sure he didn't beat him, beat them, he had an impact still, always. Yeah, and, and so, like, my biggest hater thing was that like, he never scored impressive goals, you know. It's like a kind of – I think it's, like, more – I think it's more of a thing with, like, with like Hispanic people or, or like, in Spanish where it's, like, like a, you'll tell someone, like, a result of the game that didn't see the game, and they're like, well, how are the goals scored? Like, they want to see, like, oh, was it really, in, like, an impressive goal or something? And, like, that's kind of my, like, think that used to be kind of my thinking of Chicharito where, like, he would, like, make goals off his, like, his belly and, like, his butt and stuff. And, like, kick it off his own fucking face. Yeah, kick it off his face and it'd go in. But, like, dude, you just don't have that kind of goal scoring mark. And, and like, you're just lucky or whatever, you know. Like, there's something to be said about being a poacher, you know. That's crazy, though, that you're saying these things because – what you're talking about is finishing ability, and his finishing was amazing. 
Like if you were finishing, if you made it a FIFA rating, that rating would probably be his highest rating. Yeah, it, it like yeah, it's like um, it's like a if you're watching like a like if you're coaching like middle school basketball players and you're like, you, they shoot a three, you're like, you gotta you gotta follow your shot. You know, you ever heard that where it's like, you don't shoot the ball and you like just stand there and watch it. Like you shoot the ball and you follow your shot. Like it, there's something about that with Chicharito where like like he would see the ball played in or a shot or something. And he would always just go to like where some sort of instinctive thing told him to be because I mean, like 80% of his goals were like rebound have been rebounds and stuff like that. It's just, it's just wild, but no, Dan, I give him respect. respect. The whole reason this got brought up is because we, there was this video of Chicharito (laughs) last week. And I, 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 uh, (laughs) what? Is it the anniversary of it today or is it yesterday? It was yesterday. It was yesterday or the day before, but it was this video of like all these amazing goals that he scored in the EPL and his, <laughs> I think it was his first goal for Man U. I, I'm pretty sure that was his first goal for Man U where a dude sends in a cross and he goes to the, he, it goes between his legs and he goes to like back heel it into the goal, but he's running forward towards the net and tries to back heel it and it bounces up, hits him in the face bounces off his face and goes in for a goal. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he literally kicked it into the ground, off the ground, up into his own nose, <laughs> into the net. <laughs> that, that's just what I'm saying about him, is that he had several goals in his career that were similar, but he was always in that right place at the right time. Like, how many times do we see a rebound spilled by the goalkeeper and we're like, oh, if there would have just been the dude right there, you know? So that's that's why I give him respect, I guess. Now, like I'm I, my biggest respect thing from him is he he's what thirty? I think he's like thirty four now, roughly somewhere in there. Old as fuck. I mean, in soccer terms, that's old as fuck. In human terms, but fuck, you're scary. older than him, jackass. Well, I'm old as fuck. <laughs> but he, even at thirty four, even with the LA Galaxy. He he gives you like big like he's a kid, you know what I mean? Like he's just got this excitement, and this energy about him. Like he's a kid who plays because he loves the game. <laughs> There's no way anybody can hate that about somebody. No, yeah, there was like a, I mean, I know we gotta go, but like there was like the scene uh, in the traffic from a couple weeks ago where him and Bela were like about to lead their teams out in the tunnel, and they were just like talking back and forth i mean it was just like yeah it's just like i was just like i think almost that was like something where i was just like man like like why 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 have i hated this guy for so long like i shouldn't hate him he's just like he just seems like a good guy like a really good guy you know really good person and he was a he's been a very very good soccer player and i 100 agree that he should be on the squad <laughs> so but all right so that was our that was a bonus. We'll call that. We'll call that a bonus segment. Bonus segment. <laughs> Changing the name of this podcast to the Chicharito Fan Club Podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a reason we did it this late in the game. There's a reason we did it after the picks. It's because I don't. I know. I really don't want people knowing that I feel that way about him. <laughs> nah, he's yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, thanks for joining us. And you guys got any final thoughts? That you got any final thoughts on that, Dan? No, I'm going to leave that one to you guys. 
Okay, that's fine. All right, guys. Well, with that being said, we'll go ahead and let you go, and we will see you again next week. Thank you for joining. Again, shout out, as always, to the Coder Captor Sports Gambling Network. If you want to know our plays in any other sports or whatever plays we make through the week, you know, I make, we all make about anywhere from three to six plays on this episode every week, but we also bet on all other sorts of sports. And we also have soccer plays throughout the week that we make that aren't on this podcast. So go ahead and give Coda Capper Sports Network at Coda Cappers on Twitter. I believe it's at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. At Coda Cappers on Twitter. Give them a follow and you will see all the rest of our plays. So with that being said, we will see you next week and have a good night, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye.